Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the FM Show. Hope you're all very well. Hope you're recovering from the festivities, if, of course, you have been uh, celebrating over the Christmas period. As you can see, I am, of course, your host, Tony Jameson, but I am not joined by my two regular sidekicks. We've agreed to allow RDF Tactics and producer Steve a little bit more time to spend with their families and their loved ones over the Christmas period. So I have brought in a guest for today's show. And it's someone who some of you might know, some of you maybe don't know. We've been on a Patreon episode before. Everyone, say hello and welcome once again to FM Llama. Llama, how are you, pal? You well? Uh, probably better than your listeners and your viewers are i mean literally if your club signs this during the january transfer window you are well and truly disappointed i'm just glad to be here mate you have no nonsense center back written all over you it's the must-have toy this christmas right absolutely but very much a reserves player well you know what you're a first teamer for us pal and it's nice to have you back in on the show as we say where llama was previously on a uh, patreon episode before but we figured we have to get llama back um partly because of the fact he's fantastic but more importantly because we're gonna presume i'm gonna presume llama that people got football manager 24 for christmas it seemed like a popular thing absolutely i mean also, not just people sort of getting it for Christmas, but I remember before I started making any Football Manager content, I even if I got the game before Christmas, I didn't start playing until January when you get those those final updates and patches mm-hmm. and the transfers. And that's when the rest of the world, I think, starts playing the game. That's the thing as well, because, of course, you know, the world balances out. Of course, you start playing at Christmas, like, hang on, the world, everything's different. You know, teams are up, teams are down, transfers are happening, and there's loads of stuff to think about. And, of course, as you say, there are all those little pesky bugs can just be ironed out as well. So then you get yourself locked down, and we are ready to go. Before we get into the FM chat, though, Lama, usually what we do at the start of the show is we play a little bit of a, first of all, a bit of a catch-up, see how you're getting on as a human being, and also a little bit of save chat. So, um, first of all, how was your Christmas? Stressful. I'm going to give us the, <laughs> a little lead in for you. Yeah, a little, a little bit stressful. I mean, delightfully wonderful. Full of first world problems, I will say that. But mm. for, rather than get the my three little llamas, uh, lots and lots of Christmas presents that will just come from B&M bargains and being, you know, in the rubbish by Boxing Day, we took them to Paris to watch a PSG game because they love watching live football. Uh, and middle armor is always pestering to go and watch foreign football. Um, so we, we took them over to Paris, uh, but unfortunately due to strikes, we could not get home from Paris again. So we had to play our own little version of planes, trains, and automobiles racing across Europe, trying to get back to the UK before Christmas day. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, very, it was one of those moments where like, Lama texted me going, so we might have to delay a few things. I'm like, that's completely fine. But yeah, if you've not seen Planes, Trains, Automobiles, go and check that out. What a great film for the holidays. Uh, thoroughly recommend that one. But um, but you mentioned there that you take the Lamas here, there and everywhere to go and see football, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, we did say before we started recording that we would mention it. Uh, this came from an idea Eldest Lama had. Well, yes, yeah, so, I, I mean, I've got... I've got three little llamas. Eldest Llama uh, has somehow petitioned us 
into two things. He's made us get season tickets at the club we support, and that's mm. punishing because we're Birmingham City fans. Uh, but not only that, he's decided he wants to do the 92, where we see a live game at every Premier League and Football League ground in the country. And that's going to take us a few years, but we've started mm. that. And then we've got Middle Armour. He's not as excited about going to watch Colchester versus Accrington. Instead, he's more of a, well, take me to a Bundesliga game. Take me to go and watch Barcelona. Take me to go and watch PSG. So we're trying to strike a bit of a balance between suffering through Birmingham City's season and completing the 92 and watching some foreign football. And it leaves very little money for other things like mortgages and food, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, and and littlest llama therefore presumably is into uh, he's not a, football. I'm guessing <laughs> he's along for the ride, but he's very much an unwitting and unwilling passenger in all of this. We literally have to tear Roblox out of his hands to take him to go and watch Oxford United versus Sheffield Wednesday. Just there to split the petrol money. Going, come on, littlest llama, right? Get your pocket money out. Come Indeed. on. <laughs> I love that. Genuinely, the whole 92 thing, it, it, it's its one of those uh, things which has fascinated me personally um, for a long time. And it's something that I've wanted to do is is the 92 uh, grounds. For those people, of course, who don't know uh, what the 92 is, is the 92 football league clubs, isn't it, Lama? You, you can go and, uh, and experience all of those those grounds across the uh, the country and, of course, Wales also, given the fact how the, the football league is, is structured. Um and it's something that I thought, you know what, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. But, I mean, when I was a comedian like and gigging regularly, me and a few mates, we uh, we would normally try and take in football. If we were doing a weekend away, we'd try and take in a game wherever we ended up. So that was always quite nice. So we, weren't, we weren't necessarily doing the 92. We would always try and get into, like, the shonky lower league ground that was close to the venue that we were playing. So that was really great. We managed to sort of see some some clubs that we'd never seen before. Um, <clears throat> my personal favourite, sorry. <coughs> Excuse me, still got a tail end of that Christmas cold. Um, my personal favourite was we went to see Sheffield FC. Of course, the oldest, is that all right? I think, the oldest football club, yeah, uh, so certainly in the UK and possibly even in the world, I believe. Uh, yeah, old, uh, oldest football club in the world. Notts County, the oldest professional football yes. club in the world. But yeah, Sheffield FC, oldest so club. Sheffield FC, cracking little day out, mind. If you've not been to Sheffield FC, there's a little shout out falling there. Go and have a look down. Pretty cheap to get in. The standard of football, what we're talking, tier seven, eight, maybe nine. Which... Yeah, so football manager-wise, you can unlock them with uh, one of these wonderful databases. Yes, yeah, and so much fun. So much fun. Cracking little clubhouse, good good, good cut of Bovril. Um, the level that you're playing at is where the scoreboard is not electric, because of course it wouldn't be. It is uh, cut-out scores on cards that are hung on little hooks. and what we realised at one point when it became 7-0 uh, to the visitors, by the way, not to Sheffield FC, um, Sheffield didn't have an 8 when the 8 went in because they figured no one would ever score 8 goals. So they just went 7 and then they put the hunger 1 next to it. <laughs> we haven't got, we haven't, we didn't buy 8. Sorry. So that's the level that we went to, which was fantastic, by the way. Great time was had by all. Yeah, yeah, and it's just as great as going and watching you know, PSG or, or any of the 92. I love non-league football. It's where all the romanticism and the soul comes from. 
Mm, it's fantastic, especially when you've got these, these little, and they do tend to be little. Of course, there are larger non-league clubs. Alden, for example, a huge non-league club in comparison to you know Sheffield or you know um I think Ebb's fleet I think came up to York last weekend uh shout out with shout out as well by the way to the Ebb's fleet goalkeeper who scored in the 93rd minute to equalize so to stop York City getting a victory there um but yeah I do like it I do like going to see those, those proper uh teams that are within the community I suppose is the is the thing and it's like the the pride of that little town or sometimes even just a street um and it's and it's good fun it's good fun it's a nice little sort of like day out the football's getting better, of course, all the time, and uh, I don't think you can—I don't think you can change the sounds and the smells of a non-league football. Certainly, hearing that thwack of a football when you're up close, you can't—you can't get it in the in the top division. I don't think. No, and and, and chants that you've not heard since the eighties. Yeah, oh yeah, and words that you should never hear. Oh, yeah, so, so there's, there's some, some, uh, some, yeah, some, some new, some new dialects, <clears throat> which of course uh, you may be part of. Um, so we'll move on from from non-league in in real life football. We'll talk a bit more about about Save World FM World. Obviously, historically, Lama has been a creator of wonderful YouTube videos content. Uh, talking us through what he's here for tonight. Of course, save ideas, experiments, part of the manager's seat. So if you haven't gone to see what the manager's seat are doing, go and check them out, of course, with Stinger and with JDFM as well. But you've recently joined the streaming world, Lama, haven't you? I have, and probably not even that recently anymore. I think I've been doing it for a good nine months now. Mm. But yeah, recently in the grand scheme of things, I suppose, really. Um, so talk us through it then. What What is your current save that you're doing over on Twitch? And of course, remember to tell people where they can find that. Do I have to talk you through it? I, I literally was streaming it half an hour ago and it's I mean, taking me to breaking point, this one, Tony. In that case, definitely tell us things because oh. that's exactly where it needs to be. <laughs> At this point, Aaron's normally had a third save during this part of the conversation. So the fact <laughs> you're still actually at the club still is, there. is probably, yeah. I'm still there. So I always decide on the release of every football manager, I want a real challenge. About three or four weeks into a new football manager, I realised that I didn't actually want a challenge. But yeah. I came across a fact because I was researching save ideas and I was stumbling around on the internet. I was down several rabbit holes. But Sweden is basically split into, into three different areas. And the, the northernmost area is called Norland, which mm. makes up 60% of the landmass, but only 12% of Swedes live there. And no club from Norland has ever won their top division, the Allsvenskan. Mm. So I thought, well, why don't I try and become the first manager, narcissist alert, to guide a team from Norland to winning the Swedish title? But starting not at the top, but in tier four, and then I thought, well, why not make it even harder and only use players who are from northern Sweden themselves? And I thought, if I can pull this off, I'll be a hero. I'm into season three now, and I've realised I can't pull this off. I can't get even out of the fourth tier. Oh. I'm stuck. It's going to be 20 years in the Swedish fourth tier. But 20 glorious years no, in the Swedish no, fourth tier. No, the opposite of glorious. <laughs> monotonous. Average years. I suppose that I mean, it, it ties in beautifully with talking about non-league football, doesn't it? And the idea that sometimes, you know, the club is literally just, you know, the, uh, the, the everyone who lives on that street is the team. Because that's pretty much what it's like in the Swedish fourth division and the Norwegian fourth division. It's just they're like farm teams, aren't they? Like 
school teams or something going, oh, who's playing there? Oh, they go, oh, he, he's, he's now in a different school, so we've lost our left-back. Like that it, sort it, of level, isn't it? The, the club I took over was called Kieran at FF. It was a little bit incestuous. So uh, the guy I replaced as manager was called Stridsman. His son mm. was the captain and his dad was the chairman. Um, and evilly, it's taken me just two and a half seasons for the chairman to lose his election and leave. I obviously replaced the manager and I've given his son a free transfer. I was going to say, I bet there was mutiny at the club that day when I go, where's my dad? <laughs> I'm your dad now. <laughs> That's right. That was my opening talk to the players. Uh, never mind expectations. I'm I'm your daddy now. <laughs> We're going to build a llama over there, right? And that's that's what's going to happen. Because um, you're you're cut from the same cloth as I am, aren't you? You're very much a, hey, you know what? Some people say this game's meant to be fun, but I've got a different idea. School of school of management, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. We we don't play football manager for enjoyment. We play it for pure <laughs> suffering. Mm, yes, and uh, because of that, and we should of course say as well that the 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 name, the moniker. Uh, of FM Llama is a throwback to, and this for some of our younger viewers and listeners is a throwback to the FM forums, isn't it? When we used to have forums rather than just you know uh, discords and Twitter threads of of things, you know, there used to be an FM forum. We would sit, and you'd start writing about your stories, and you'd get your your sort of your, your sort of squads, and people would be like, "Oh my god, have you seen this player? Like, I've just dis- literally, I've just discovered Zlatan Ibrahimovic and all those sorts of things way back in the day." And and the Llama, of course. Llama is a is, is a type of manager. Exactly. Yes. People think that I picked this this username because of some love of the the camelid animal. Um, but a, a llama on LLM, it just in the olden days when people used to communicate through forums, was just a lower league manager, somebody that liked to play football manager saves, starting out in the bottom playable divisions. So that's what I've played pretty much since my late teens um and i've never been any good at it yeah i think that's and that again i mean everyone the people who listen to to the show know that's that's where my heart is as well my heart is you know players with second jobs never mind second nationalities like i want that level i want to get to the point when i get to the premier league or to the top division i want everyone to have vanished from existence like and the whole universe is just new gens like all the record holders are new gens like that for me is what i find beautiful about football manager that when you are like you or i am in the trenches doing the the lower league manager saves everyone's universe is completely different so when we both get to, to season 40 nothing's the same nothing's the same at all it's beautiful you know if my center half is not also my window cleaner who has the same first name as he has last name i'm not interested give me thomas thomas any day over r9 or messi mm, i mean he becomes your r9 in a sense doesn't he you know i mean thomas thomas you might get a thomas thomason possibly a sweden and anders anderson you'll probably definitely get yeah, I, I, you know, I just like the the ones that slip through the the, the SI uh, new gen naming net, like like mm. a, a good David David. Yeah, I someone had posted, and uh, forgive me for not being able to say exactly what Discord it was in. Someone posted in a Discord recently where they had a, had a new gen that's popped into their game called Saturday Sunday. Saturday so, <laughs> congratulations, Sunday. happy that. days. <laughs> Literally a player. If you, if you can sign his mates, then you've got a player for all seven days of the week. It'd be fantastic. Craig David um, would love it. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So we're gonna get into into lower league, lower league world. I'll mention briefly where where I am before before the other lads come back uh, and take over with you know Aaron and his nineteen new saves and Steve talking about Fiorentina, right? Um, as you know, because of course you, you pop into my stream quite a little bit. Um, we we're trying to build a nation in Greece, which viewers, listeners, Lama deserves some of the credit for. Okay, and he will say some of the blame, but I will say the credit. Um, Greece was basically picked out of the three nations that we had as an option. I think it was Greece, Czech Republic, and um, Turkey was my other option. But Lama had mentioned the, the club Larissa and gave me some history about what Larissa were as a football club. And I was like, oh, you know what? That kind of sits nicely with me. So we went and thought we'd go and take charge of that. So um, so what we've done is we've been trying to build the nation in Greece. And we'll talk a little bit more about build the nation saves and different types of saves in the uh, in the episode. And I've just finished season four, Lama. First season in the top division, having won the second division as champions. We were expected to finish mid-table. And I thought, well, that's a bit of a jump from just being promoted, but having went through that fourth season, turns out expectations were sort of there or thereabouts, really. We just missed out on the the European groupings. So basically, the top six of the 12 teams, sorry, 14 teams in the division, sorry, the top six become into the European mix, and then the bottom eight teams are in what's called the relegation group. Now, this season, we missed out on the European groups by three points. And I was like, ooh, ooh, we're on the path, though. I was like, we're on the path here. Like, I don't, I didn't take it as a sort of like, oh, we missed out by three points. I was like, hey, we shouldn't have even been in that conversation. So, you know, we've got something to build on next season. The relegation group seemed to be really unfairly named, given the fact that the two teams who were relegated were relegated before the league had even split. Oh. So it was <laughs> literally, it was a what's the point group. Um, and the point was not the team who finished bottom because they only had eight of them all season. So, yeah, I was like, this is mainly just us rotating youngsters and bringing in new players and just trying a few things out towards the back end of the season. So, yeah, we're getting set for season five, and I can't help but feel that I feel a little bit more confident. And I know, Lama, that's never a good place to be, is it? Well, but you've said it now, so you've got to go and back it up. Or tune in next week when I can say, I'm really sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> Which, of course, is far more likely. Now, obviously, that's where I am with my save. That's where Lama is with his save. But as we said, a lot of you might have got the game for Christmas. A lot of you maybe have started playing the game since it's release day. Maybe you're thinking, now is the time to fully commit and get a new save, get a new idea, get a new challenge. Maybe we've got some people going, you know what, I've never really thought about X, Y, and Z, a build a nation, a rebuild, a youth only, Lama. These are all different types of saves, which you know too well. Um, and I think let's basically spend the rest of the podcast breaking it all down and helping our listeners and viewers try and pick their next save with your help. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's something that I love to do. This goes back to my childhood, you know. I used to play football manager with my brother growing up, who's five years younger than me, so a bit of an age gap. And we only had one PC between us, so we used to play on mm -hmm. the same computer. And then after I left home and he became an adult as well, you know, whenever we'd meet up at family gatherings, I'd always say, oh, have you got a game of football manager on the go? And he'd always say, nah, there's nobody to be. 
And uh, this was like his stock and phrase. Like, there must be, I don't know, maybe 20,000 clubs that you can manage in football managers. There's, there's just not one that grabs me. There's no teams to be. So I used to spend, you know, family functions suggesting save ideas to him. And now I get to do it on YouTube. Mm. And it is an off, it is a, a, a popular thing as well, because there are probably too many teams to pick of anything. And, and we always get it, whether it's in a whether it's in a YouTube video comments, whether it's on a stream, whether it's on Twitter, Discord. Who shall I be? I want a new save. Who shall I be? And what I always say, and I'm sure you're the same, Lama, is if it's in a stream or if it's in a in a in a conversation where you come back and forward, can you recommend me a new a new club to manage? My point is always. How do you like to play the game? Because that is going to dictate so much, okay? There's no point me telling you Sheffield FC if you just like playing three seasons and winning as Real Madrid, right? There's no point. You're not going to... You haven't got the time... Maybe you haven't got the time to commit to a 20-year save. So I always try and get that first level out there. So, right, what sort of save do you like? And if it is you like three seasons or you've only got time for three seasons and you want to win stuff, then that's a completely different answer to, hey, you know what? I've done all this. <clears throat> What's something different? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you are in that situation now where you are trying to think, you know, who do I like? Who do I want to be? Like, I think Lama, you'd probably agree. Advice we often give of if you're brand new to the game is pick someone who you know. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you're picking the game up for the first time, probably start big, play one season with either the club you support or a club that you've got a good understanding of. Learn all about the tactics and the training, if you're that way inclined, and the scouting. And then, once you're ready for more of a challenge, that's where you can get your teeth into a longer save with maybe a club that's less familiar. Mm. And also, I would say at this point as well, with that first save, do not fear the sack. We've said it so many times on this this show that... I think I'm the only one that believes it. Like Steve and Aaron don't don't really believe it, but I'm like, you've got to. The sack is part of football. Like you know, go there, learn from it. Don't just take it as oh, that's the save ending. That's when a new door opens, Lama. Absolutely, and for lots of people, the sack actually gives rise to their greatest ever football manager saves. They they mm. start what they believe is going to be a one club adventure. They're really into it. They're passionate. Maybe they've built a club for four or five seasons. The sack comes out of nowhere, slaps them like a cold fish around the chops, but they don't want to part with the save. So they turn it into a journeyman career and go on to have the greatest save they've ever had. Mm, If I remember, I remember uh, my first stream save when I first started, you know, I'm going to start streaming, right? I picked Sunderland because I figured that was a great idea and Spoiler alert, not a great idea, but hey, you know what? I don't learn, right? Um, so I picked this, I picked the Sunland save. I had it, I called it Sunland till I cry, and I lasted six streams before I was sacked as Sunland. Okay. My plan was to get Sunland back into the Premier League when they were in League One. I basically got sacked at Christmas. I didn't even get the January transfer window. Okay. So at that point, you're right. I could have just, you know, went, let's start a new save or let's see what happens. And because I'm streaming it to people, I thought, well, let's see what happens and see where we go. I ended up at Peterborough in the in League One as well, towards the back end of the season, with five games to go. No, sorry, 10 games to go, I think it was. Um, and I had to try and keep them in the division, which culminated in, an, in a final game of the season, staying up uh, moment. And I was like, that right there is exactly what I was built to do. I am built to keep teams out of relegation. That then became 
a journeyman. And eventually, long-term happened, Peter Bradshaw got to the Premier League. So we did so much in that. But you're right, we could have just locked down, started again. We thought, no, there's something here. Let's Let's try it. I do like the way you glossed over your spell in charge of Motherwell during that little recap as well. Motherwell was Motherwell was a bad decision. In fact, Motherwell was a strange decision because we'd got ourselves promoted into the championship. And for some reason, I was like, I don't know if the squad's good enough for the championship. So I thought I'd go and do a journeyman because I am a I do like go going around the place and I was like, oh, you know, Motherwell, they're quite a nice club. They do loads of good things in the community. Let's go there. And it was turgid. It was turgid. Like really I know. I couldn't watch it. I know. I couldn't get anything working tactically, motivationally. I couldn't even motivate myself. Sometimes I'm like, this is just horrible. Like, uh, I'll gloss over the whole uh, season at Aberdeen, which was even worse. <laughs> um, but then we ended up back at Peterborough. Again, ironically, to save them with five games to go this time. So we saved them, got them promoted, and then got them into uh, into the Premier League. So there you go. We did. We had to gloss over some bits, but yeah, the, the end of it, the end of it was definitely worth it. And the passion that you kind of retell that story with, yeah, would never have happened if you'd have just done half a season at Sunderland, got sacked, and thought, okay, well, I need to start a new save. Exactly, exactly. So that save itself was based on the idea of what we would know as the reputation rebuild, I suppose, really. So, or a fallen giant, I guess, is another term that's often used. Um, Lama, do you want to fill the blanks in, I suppose, to sort of explain as to what this means? And then we can go into some more uh, familiar examples and some less familiar examples of teams that maybe are fit for that sort of purpose. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a really popular way of playing the game. Uh, lots of YouTubers like uh, Hood or Omega Luca are big fans of this style where you mm. take a club with either a really full trophy cabinet or just a, a grand and long history that have fallen on relatively tougher times and you narcissistically walk through the front door and say, several managers have tried to regain their former <laughs> glories in the past, but I'm actually the person that's going to do it. And Across Europe's big five leagues, you've got examples of clubs that would be perfect for these kind of rebuild or reputation restoration kind of projects. Mm, absolutely. And, it is, and that's the thing, like, it's not just a, the, the UK, I guess, which I suppose most of our listenership is, is UK based, but across those top five leagues, already my brain is twirling around. And I'm not going to go to England as a team for a reputation rebuild, because, and there are a lot. There are a lot of teams who, you know, could do with a bit of a bit of a spruce that we've already mentioned. Oldham, I suppose, the first club that's been a former Premier League side that now plays non-league football. No club's ever done that before in English football. There's a rebuild right there if you want a long, hard slog. But my head went straight. I closed my eyes and all I can see is Deportivo La Coruña. Of course, absolutely. Mm -hmm. In Spain's third tier, European Cup winners, Cup winners. Yeah. It's a clumsy sentence back in the day. Um, they, they would be a, a great choice to take through to three tiers of fun, get them back to the top flight. But across the other big five leagues, you know, you've got other massive clubs that are relatively fallen on hard times. Mm, you've got a club here uh, that you've sent through, which ironically, um, I actually started. So before I started doing doing Twitch, 
I attempted to do YouTube content and create Let's Plays on YouTube. And I thought, that'd be great. I can do that. That'd be fantastic. And that sort of plays to my style. Turns out my style was Twitch, which, you know, which is much easier for me. Um, but I picked a club I've since fallen in love with, by the way, because of how I play them on FM. And it's what happens, isn't it? You know, you fall in love with a football team because of how you manage them. Germany has, at the time when I did it, a three-liga side. I think they're now two-liga, Bundesliga two, aren't they? Kaiser Schlout. Yeah. Oh. If you oh. want if you want rebuilds or restorations, mm. I think Germany is the best nation to go to. If you want to start in the third tier, you've obviously got Achtung Sächsisch München, who mm. no little over maybe 15 years ago were playing Champions League football against mm-hmm. Leeds United. But in the second tier in Germany, you've got uh, five clubs that between them have won the Bundesliga or the German national title 28 times. So you got Nuremberg, Hamburg, uh, Hertha Berlin, Kaiserslautern and Schalke 0 28 times they've been national champions and they're all just sat waiting for you in the second tier. Hamburg in particular is an interesting one. Rivals with St. Pauli, a club from the same city. Mm -hmm. Their fans went onto the pitch on the last day of last season thinking that they'd been promoted because Heidenheim were losing in their match. Heidenheim scored twice in stoppage time to win their game. And Hamburg, the dinosaur of German football, they call Mm -hmm. them, uh, had to spend yet another season in the second tier. Go rescue them. Oh, and, and they are literally sat there for rescue. Infrastructure, perfect. The Olympic Stadium, the, the massive, massive stadium. Is it Hamburg's massive? Uh, Hertha at the Olympic Stadium, yeah. Hertha at the Olympic Stadium, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah, so Hamburg got a massive stadium. Schalke, of course, had that massive stadium for the World Cup. Kaiserschlauten, an, an amazing arena. Um, you mentioned 1860 Munich, of course. Another challenge, without mentioning the rebuild, if you're going to do a challenge with a Munich club and shout out by the way to uh to someone who got in touch on Twitter in fact let me pull up who was who actually shouted us out on Twitter they got a um, a mystery shirt box of course can get a mystery shirts from our friends at surprise shirts 10% off using the code fm show uh they got a um a mystery shirt which was a Bayern Munich shirt and they were like oh, I want a bit of a harder challenge i said well why not take 1860 Munich and try and win more bundesliga titles than Bayern Munich I mean, that's going to be tough, right? Yeah, very, very tough, especially, I mean, it's tough in real life. It's tough in Football Manager, where Bayern are just a juggernaut. Yeah, it's uh, Adam Lewis, by the way, uh, at Do You Even Adam on Twitter, and uh, messaged us that. But um, but yeah, I think my, my thinking with that one was, you can obviously try and overtake the titles. Now, and you're <clears throat> many, many titles behind Bayern Munich when you start, but you're also two divisions behind Bayern Munich. So let's... Imagine they're going to win at least two more Bundesliga titles before you even get to the Bundesliga. Yeah. So it's a harder challenge than when you first say it out loud. You're like, this is ridiculous. So so probably not one for the first time casual player of FM, but for the no. <laughs> the seasoned grizzly veteran. I mean, it's right up their particular strata. Absolutely, absolutely. So so that's an option there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Germany. I love playing Germany. And you can attract good players. The registration rules are pretty good. Uh, of course, your quality of new gens is pretty high as well, of course, uh, for those longer-term saves. If we do, and we'll bounce around as we go around here, if we come a bit closer to home, uh, Lamy, you've got one on your list, which will be familiar with our listeners from last year. Um, apologies to anyone who did partake in the community challenge 
managing Sheffield Wednesday last season. But hey, you know what? They're still there again. Um, so it's still another another club that needs that needs saving and pushing back to the top flight, right? Yeah, I mean, just a, a grand old club, former league winners, but having a really difficult time in their first season back in the championship this season. So again, if you want that challenge of rebuilding a club, but one that's not going to give you the greatest squad to start with, Sheffield Wednesday are a great option. But there's other giants in the championship. Uh, Blackburn and West Bromwich Albion, both founders of the Football League, both a long time since they played Premier League football. The parachute money has dried up. They'd be great restoration projects as well. But I think the best one at a championship level would probably be Preston North End. The reason being, they are the only club, I believe, that have won the English top division that have yet to go on and play in the Premier League since it became that in 1992. So again, why not be that coach that takes Preston North End, former winners of the Division 1, as it was in those mm -hmm. days, and take them into the Premier League for the first time? Mm, one of the most famous clubs as well, of course. And, uh, you know, given obviously who's close by, I know like managers like to try and attract affiliate clubs to help move their team through the ranks. I mean... I remember a certain David Beckham made a made a debut at Preston North End on loan. So just saying, maybe take Preston North End and try and tap up some of those Manchester clubs, get some young players in on loan, and that might help move you up towards the Premier League. But we you could always go even further down the English pyramid. I was about to say, let's go further, because the championship's too easy, Lama. I'm not having teams who formerly won the Premier League and rebuild them. Shout out, of course, to Blackburn Rovers. Um, we can go a little bit further down can't we let's let's go to again cast your minds back to former premier league sides who maybe now live in league two well there's a couple of goodies aren't there so when was bradford there under paul jewell maybe a year 2000 maybe 2001 i think they even survived one season mm -hmm. before they went down the season after players like David Weatherall, I think maybe Benny Carboni even in Carboni, the side. Yeah. Now, obviously, they've just had um, a season in League Two under Mark Hughes, who I think has been relieved of his duty. What better time to go and jump in at the Bantams and take another great Yorkshire club all the way back through the leagues? Or Swindon. Do you remember when they got mm. promoted to the top flight? Uh I think first under Aussie are dealers and then they were held back because of some financial irregularities, perhaps. Yes, and that's right. Then yeah. did, did Glenn Hoddle take the mark? Glenn with... Hoddle and John Gorman, wasn't it? The, and they uh... had players like um, Jan Argifuertoft playing for mm -hmm. them and Andy Much up front. Mickey oh. Hazard, I think, maybe mm -hmm. playing for them. Down in League Two again and in a little bit of turmoil themselves. Go rescue these sons. Mm, I love that at this moment in time, there will be some younger listeners going, there's no way Swindon and Bradford were in the Premier League. Honestly, it's true. It did actually happen. Um, so, yeah, go and check them out. Of course, you've also got teams like we've touched upon before, Notts County, you know, one of the oldest professional league clubs, never been in the Premier League. Uh, I think Ooh, they were they? relic. No, they were relegated out of the old first division the out year the became. year before, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. So they just missed out. So they've never played Premier League football. But uh, so again, I mean, Nottingham Forest, of course, famously have done quite well. So poor Notts County, living in the shadows there of their of their uh, their city rivals, 
But you know what? Again, League Two for us, Lama. League Two still feels a little bit too high. Oh, You're in the football league. It's the big space. time. They're getting thousands <sighs> of pounds. They've got brand new cars. Come on, let's go back down to our level. Where, where else have we got? Well, they say, so people who like to start out in Tier 6, which is the lowest tier you can play in Football Manager mm. without additional databases. Some people still like the rebuild. So in the in the Conference North, Scunthorpe would be perfect. In the Conference mm. South, Yeovil would be perfect. But there's also some great clubs out there that have had perhaps not risen to as high a level as recently as Scunthorpe or Yeovil, but are still just names from yesteryear, like Hereford, for example. Anybody that is a, a fan of the FA Cup will remember just watching that old grainy black and white footage of when Hereford United took on Newcastle United in the FA mm-hmm. Cup. Ronnie Radford scoring from about seven miles out. Uh, <laughs> And they're, you know, they're playable in tier six would be a great club. All their local rivals, local-ish, Gloucester City, a club that were without a ground because their ground flooded uh, and they've eventually moved back to their own stadium again. There's some great clubs out there. Um, Russell Olympic are newly promoted to Mm. tier six for this season. The Picks, uh, not many West Midlands clubs available to take charge of in tier six, but they'd certainly fit the bill. Mm, yeah, there is quite a lot. It's, it's a lot of interesting teams down there. I mean, I know maybe some people are now getting like a bit like, oh, this is too far down. Well, you know what? If it doesn't have to go that far down, you that there is this teams like Wrexham, for example, which of course is still a really tough challenge. But hey, you've got a bit more money to sort of like boost them up, which again is like if you're wanting to come into this world i suppose really but want to sort of ease yourself in i think wrexham is a brilliant shout to do that because you do have the 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 american money in there you will attract better players um but it's still gonna be really really tough because of course their reputation in game is still quite low um but when you get into your tier sixes you've got your teams like york of course are in there you know they're theoretically set up to do quite well but not much money coming in so again trying to attract players into that club is tricky. You've got your breakaway teams like the FC United of Manchester. Dulwich Hamlets are a nice little side as well to go manage uh, further down south. So, um, so there's some options in uh, in the uh, in the UK. I say UK in England, really. Um, we'll go back to we'll have a look at France. Oh, there's some teams on that on that France list there. Lama one again just sends it warms my heart, and again it just angers a lot of people who are in my my football manager community. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I've just got back from Paris. I am a bit of a Francophile. I love football manager in France. Um, it's a, it's, it's not a very successful nation. Uh, mm. They've only ever produced two European winners. The Marseille won the old European Cup. Uh, I think against AC Milan. PSG won the Cup Winners' Cup. Otherwise, there have been a couple of finals, but compared to the other top five leagues, I mean, nowhere near the same level of success. So it's a great league if you want a real challenge because you could take charge of a big club like a Lyon or a Marseille and you've got to try and contend with PSG in that nation. So that's difficult. But even more of a challenge if you want to rebuild the second tier, there are three clubs that are quite frankly delicious in Auxerre, former side of Giroud, former side of Eric Cantona, mm-hmm. um, tiny little town Auxerre. Uh, but still managed to win league uh, in the uh, the nineties. Uh, San Etienne, of course, until last season, 
they joint held the record for the most league on victories with PSG. PSG have moved one ahead of them now. Mm-hmm. So what a narrative that would be to take them back in the top flight and then try and reel in PSG. Or, and I might be going a year too early on this, former club of Zinedine Zidane, uh, Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say I might be going a year too early on this is because they're not a million miles away from the relegation zone in Ligue 2. So yeah. next season, they might be in the newly branded Ligue 2 or what is the National this season. Yeah, because they were originally relegated into that division, weren't they, with mm-hmm. the, the financial um, mismanagement of the club. So that would have been a such a difficult challenge this year. Obviously, it might well be the situation next year. Um, <clears throat> Bordeaux, a club I've managed previously before, I quite enjoyed it because I'm a, you know, I like a really, really tough save. But a lot of people, of course, in my community, when we did little monthly uh, challenges as Bordeaux, they're, they're not fans. They're not fans of Bordeaux. They found it too tough. They found it really challenging. But for me, I, Bordeaux's a good one. Auxerre's great. Sanity and just. That, that sings to me. That really does. Like, they are, of course, as you say, the most successful French team prior to last season. you got to go for that. And even if not, if you're not going to do that, at least bring out some 90s music, you know, and just do that. That's what you can do with Sanity and right? Absolutely. Sarah Cracknell, you're in a bad way. Could be the soundtrack <laughs> to your save. I mean, there is, of course, that. That's literally the. Uh, that's literally the, the, how how our saves begin. Is you're in a bad way. Good. Where do I sign? Right. By the way, um, I, I don't think anybody will have got that reference. Hello, everyone. Tony here. Hope you're enjoying the episode. And if you are enjoying the episode, then maybe you might consider signing up to support us on Patreon, Aaron. Yes, and. We can't just leave it there. I think we should tell them more. What are we offering? Okay, right. So Patreon, if you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a way of supporting the FM show as a podcast if you can afford it. We must stress if you can afford it, okay? If you want to sign up, become a member of the FM show team, you can do so from as little as £3 a month. And Aaron, what are we going to give them in return? Exclusive content. Some of my favourite things. But also a Patreon shout out. We'll get some bonus episodes given to you. I believe as well, you get some um Discord benefits. Discord benefits, am I right? There's Discord benefits, absolutely. There's a little private secret channel in there where only Ooh. the Patreons can talk, where they get maybe maybe they get some heads up on things that we're gonna start making in the future as well. We've started putting save files in for certain tiers. You might hear about live show tickets early doors, because you know, we've got a live show on now, we might have more in the future, and we'll let our Patreons know about that first. Oh yes. And even if you're struggling a bit on Football Manager, we'll be doing a monthly QA for FM24. Absolutely, and there's going to be loads more stuff as well. Potentially things like me and Aaron going up against each other on versus mode. It's going to be the place to be. If you can afford to support the podcast, please do. From as little as three pounds a month, you can go and visit patreon.com forward slash the FM Show Pod to become a member of the FM Show Squad. So, if we if we leave France, then let's leave France. Let's maybe. Mosey on down to another nation, which I'm very partial to managing. Italy's nice this time of year, isn't it? Uh, are you picturing maybe a, a Genoese cafe? James Richardson sat on the pavement there. Maybe a, a small espresso and a copy of Corriella della Sport at his side. I love 
an Italian save. And again, there's some great clubs that maybe in the top flight you could even rebuild. You know, it's it's a long time since you know Genoa have been successful. Lots of people like the narrative of picking Torino, who are from the same city as Juve. My personal choice in the top flight would be Bologna, who won seven Scudettos or Italian titles between the 20s and the 60s. None since then. They've currently got Tiago Motta as their manager. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having a decent season in real life, but to take over Bologna and to win another Italian title, another great maybe three to five season challenge. Yeah, with uh, Lewis Ferguson pulling the strings as well. The uh, the Tartan midfielder doing bits over there in Serie A, I believe the uh, the young kids say. Uh, I don't know if they still say doing bits anymore, but they've moved on now. Um, but before I get myself entrenched in young person dialect, um, Bologna is a fantastic one. You've also got another one uh, on here as well before I get to my personal pick of Italy, which you haven't got on the list, Lama, which I'm expecting for, for various reasons, but Brescia. Yeah, so I, I'll leave you to your personal pick because I reckon they, mm. that's a, a, you know, a very juicy rebuild, that one. But mm. in Serie B, uh, yeah, you've got a couple of re- really iconic teams from the 90s, which I guess you'll mention in a moment. But mm. I'm always drawn to Brescia, um, partly because of their, their, their history, their affiliation with the playmaker. You know, mm. Guardiola played there. Bobby Baggio played there. We mentioned Notts County earlier in the episode. Mm. Georgie Hadji actually played against Notts County at Wembley in the Anglo-Italian Cup final. The um, best cup competition of, of all time, by the way. And I still stand by that. Brescia had Georgie Hadji. Uh, Notts County had Gary McSweegan, the the, the thinking man's Hadji. Uh, <laughs> of course, they've also had Tonali and Pirlo. And I'm pretty sure I'd have to fact check this. I think Brescia are the club who go to the maternity ward of every baby born in the, the city or the yes. region and give them a, a Brescia baby kit, mm-hmm. uh, like little baby rompers and bibs. And it's actually a little bit taboo, I think, to be born in Brescia and not support them. I think they are they take none too kindly to seeing Juve and Milan shirts inside the city. Mm, yeah, see, and why, why would you not want to do that? How can you not fall in love with a team that's had those sorts of players? Oh, Brescia. Brescia are a great shout, by the way. And I have to stick, I have to stick with another Italian team who famously wear blue and again are partial to some historically legendary players. Um, I don't think you can go to Italy without considering Sampdoria, at least for a few seconds. I mean, this is a team that's previously had Hullet, Viali, Mancini, David Platt. I mean, what, Danny Dicchio. Danny Dicchio. <laughs> I think Lee Sharp even had a little trot out for them. Des Walker, there's Gianluca Paluca. I mean, oh, the stadium itself is wonderful. It's incredibly iconic. Those stripes across the blue shirt. You see that you know that Sampdoria are in town and they are not very good at football anymore. Not <laughs> right now, but go back to, I'm going to say 1991. They're a Ronald Koeman free kick away from winning the European Cup. The same mm-hmm. European Cup that was the first one Barcelona ever won, by the way, under Johan yes. Cruyff. So 
how history could have been different if uh, Gianfranco Viali could finish chances in that final. Mm, yeah, so they're no good at Serie A football, so much so that they've been relegated for the first time in their history to Serie B. We've already mentioned Perlo. He's now in charge of the club. And he's not doing that great either. So again, next year, they could even be in Serie A. So, I mean, expectations are to win the division with Sam Doris. So if you don't get it done, those uh, those those fans are not going to be overly happy with you. And again, I can speak from previous experience, having been sacked by Sam Doria on Football Manager before. <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? And they haven't got Cagliarella either. Cagliarella has finally retired. The 38-year-old goal machine. Uh, has finally hung up his Zimmer frame. So, yeah, you've got to replace a legend as well. So there's an option. There's an option. But if you but if you do want to stray into Serie Che, there's more fallen giants, isn't there? Well, there is, I, uh, there's obviously lots of smaller regional clubs as well. But if you mm. want a larger one, I really like the story of Vicenza, who were actually Coppa Italia winners in 1997. Then the next season, they made it as far as the semi-finals of the European Cup Winners' Cup. The team they eventually lost to were the team that went on to win it. That was Chelsea, captained by Dennis Wise, I think. And Vicenza, for a long time, throughout the, the 70s, 80s, 90s, were in Serie A and floating between Serie A and mm-hmm. Serie B. And now down in Serie C, and again, will be another great side for a rebuild. Mm, absolutely. And of course, we'll leave Italy there. We'll mosey across to Spain. We've already mentioned Deportivo, so we're not going to mention Deportivo. But there are some other interesting sides you've got on here yeah, as well. well. I thought Come Spain out. would be a nice little gateway for us to start discussing some more challenging saves, shall yes, we say. exactly. And obviously, overcoming uh, Barca and Real is, is a challenge in itself. And even getting mm-hmm. close to Atletico Madrid is, is a big challenge. I really am drawn towards Basque clubs in Spain. And a lot of that's to do with Athletic Bilbao and their Basque-only policy. But I think perhaps an even bigger challenge might be to take another Basque side and implement your own Basque-only policy with them. And in the top flight, obviously, you could do that with Real Sociedad, but you could also do it with Alaves, who Ooh. were the 2001 UEFA Cup finalists. Do you remember that epic final against Liverpool where even Gary McAllister was able to score in European finals? Mm-hmm. But you could also do it in the Spanish fourth tier as well with... Basque clubs like Barracaldo, Arenas Club, Guernica, all playing in the in the fourth division. And you'd have to implement your own Basque-only player policy. It's not hard-coded in the game. But if doing it with Athletic Club is not hard enough, why not do it with Barracaldo? Mm, okay, I like that. And of course, you also have in Spain something which is quite wonderful to how... Geography is set up. There's only really Spain, I think, possibly Switzerland, maybe off the top of my head. Of another, you can win the league with a team who isn't necessarily technically in that nation, I suppose, or even in that continent in Spain. Uh, yeah, absolutely. At first, I thought you were speaking about Andorra, but you're actually referring to, uh, forgive my pronunciation, Thueta and Malia who yeah. are both from a Spanish-speaking enclave of Morocco. So they're on the continent of Africa. Uh, and you could become the African side that wins the UEFA European Champions League. That one, though, not for the faint-hearted. No, 
No, and of course, the one in Switzerland is Vados, who, of course, from Liechtenstein, I believe. Correct, yeah. Yeah. So you go, she can win the Swiss League with a team from Liechtenstein. Um, so that could be exciting. But you've mentioned... Of course, that, if, if you do win the, the Swiss Super League with Vados, you don't get into the Champions League because they are not from Switzerland. So the real challenge is to win the Champions League with Vados. And to do that, you have to win the Liechtenstein Cup, uh, qualify for the Conference League... By winning the Conference League, you then qualify for the next season's Europa League. You have to win that the next season to qualify for the Champions League. You've got one shot at it. You've got to do it straight away. Otherwise, it's another three seasons before you'll be in the Champions League again. And that is not for the fin. <laughs> this is going to be the this is going to be the the catchphrase. I think at this point of the uh, of the show now, Lama, do you reckon? And that's not for the fin hard either. Yeah, well, I did say uh, Spain was a nice gateway to some of the more challenging saves, and well, here we go. We're approaching. Them. You you mentioned Andorra. You mentioned Andorra. Um, that is quite a popular one. Uh, amongst uh, some of the creator community, um, when it comes to building a nation, absolutely, you- yeah. Which I guess again, sort of, we've obviously I've mentioned about building a nation, but we'll talk about how that happens, I guess, with Andorra, and then we'll look at some other nations that might be interested to do as well. Yeah, so I mean, people tend to kind of play two different kind of build a nation saves. Your one in in Greece is very much focused on Greek clubs and improving the coefficients and trying to make Greek clubs successful in Europe. Lots of other people choose nations like Andorra or Gibraltar, and they're trying to improve the fortunes of not just the clubs on a continental level, but on the national team as well. And lots of people will manage FC Andorra alongside the Andorra national team and try and take Andorra to to European championships and, heavens forbid, World Cup finals. But that one's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> so if we're not going to do Andorra, if we're not going to do Andorra, where and you maybe think, you know, you know, I quite fancy the idea of a builder nation. Where would you be thinking? Where's where's a reasonable starting point for builder nation? You could of course do the top divisions quite easily, by the way. You could do, you know, England's England's already at number one, but France, I suppose, is builder nation. France is not that it's not the top division in in Europe, so you could theoretically build that to the top division. Italy's had a little bit of a, a tiny bit of a slump. Holland, but where, where would you where would your eyes be be looking at, Lama? Well, this one's going to be a bit sycophantic, but I think you've picked an absolute winner with Greece, um, purely because of the narrative there that a Greek side has reached a European final. I think that was Panathinaikos mm-hmm. in 1970. But no Greek club has ever won a European trophy. So how many different Greek sides can you guide to a European final, a European trophy, particularly focusing outside of those big three of Panathinaikos, Ike, Olympiakos as well, maybe Pauk, Aris, Larissa, of course, that would be great. But other nations I think would be great for builder nations, maybe Austria, Mm -hmm. because you've got the challenge there of trying to defeat Arbe Salzburg um, uh, and then take a club to, to a European final. Maybe Finland might be nice as well. A bit more difficult, that. Mm. Hungary would be good because of their mm. great histories of footballing nation. But maybe my personal favourite for a builder nation would be Poland, I think. Okay. And what, what, make, what makes Poland the, 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 the Lama choice? Well, it's, it's, there's only two playable tiers in Football Manager, but the top flight has got 18 clubs, which I always like. Mm. Some of the, the other nations, yeah. like Austria, I think there's only 10 teams in the Bundesliga mm. there. 
And they've got some truly massive clubs as well. Lots of really modern stadiums because they recently co-hosted the European Championships as well. You've got Legia of Warsaw, who are perhaps your most dominant side in that nation. But you've got other clubs like Gornik Jabsha. They've been to a European final. Uh, you've got clubs like uh, Gdansk. Uh, you've got Krakowia. Uh, Voits as well. I'm butchering the pronunciation of all of these. And I know that's traditionally your domain, but <laughs> huge clubs, great stadiums, long histories, time for some European trophies. Mm. And also as well, what's handy with these nations that you've mentioned here, Lama, the registration rules are pretty forgiving as well. So it allows you the opportunity to build those nations. For example, when I pick Greece, I pick Greece because English players predominant particularly particularly english players don't class as non-eu so you can bring those players in they're probably hard-coded to be higher reputation so sell those players for a bit more money and then reinvest it back into into the club so again look at those ways where you can you can build a nation with some some nations but sometimes it's like yeah you can only have three foreign players or you can only have four loans and that's gonna that's gonna make life so difficult in a really difficult save anyway right Absolutely, absolutely. And it's worth checking out those league rules before deciding which nation you're going to make the base of your builder nation. Mm, I did. Uh, I had a little go at Indonesia a couple of seasons ago, and I, I will keep recommending Indonesia to anyone who will listen or anyone who walks past. Um, the loan rules in Indonesia are there are no rules. You can loan as many players as you want between the teams. So literally building a nation is just passing the players around each club so it's a great starting block for if you want to do that sort of thing and it plays so different to to sort of you know european football um i suppose and also they've never been to a to a world cup final before they've been to the world cup finals but never a world cup final or an olympic final um so there's some options there for build a nation we've also mentioned briefly i suppose with these sort of basque rules we're falling into the region air um save which of course again if people aren't familiar with the region air basically it's build a community right yeah it's basically <laughs> it's my current obsession so think mm. of athletic club bilbao they only allow themselves to select players that are from the greater basque area um it's currently what i'm doing in my save in sweden i'm only selecting players that are from northern sweden and you know lots of people like that it's what become known as a region air of only selecting or signing players that come from a certain region. I once did it years ago where I was managing Vauxhall Motors and I'd only allow myself to sign players from Merseyside. That was a just slightly less than one season save. Mm. But again, I did it with Stafford Rangers where I'd actually, I had my, um, my road atlas out and I'd allowed to myself to sign players from within 20 miles of Stafford. Um, and you can get quite, you know, particular with your parameters here, but it just builds in that extra challenge and complexity of not being able to sign just anybody and instead just restricting the pool of transfers available to you. Mm, it's also really good as well if you're not great at geography. Um, shout out, of course, to RDF Tactics last year, who, when we did our Sheffield Wednesday save, we said that you could get an elite level uh, achievement if you were to get promoted to the Premier League, signing only players from Yorkshire. So RDF figured he was a he was a smart button. He had a filter on his uh, on his player search, which would only filter out towns and cities in Yorkshire. Um, 
there is, of course, a problem with that, isn't there, Lama? That Kingston upon Hull <clears throat> sometimes brings you back Kingston upon Thames ah. and Kingston, Jamaica. Ah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, Aaron may have signed some players who aren't necessarily native to, to, to Yorkshire and have lived in Kingston upon Thames quite a long period of time. But they had Yorkshire in their hearts. Yeah, they loved Yorkshire buns, so it was fine. Um, so you could do a region eight. That is, of course, one way of doing things. Youth only saves. I'm seeing a lot of people talk about youth only saves, and even I'm sitting looking at Islam and going, "This is, this is, quite frankly, ridiculous." Yeah, so youth only saves are beautiful because you can make them as easy or as hard as you like. So you could perhaps go down the historic tradition route and maybe do a youth only save with Ajax. And they've got fabulous facilities, great youth coaching. It will be a challenge to continue to compete with Feyenoord and PSV, but not impossible. You think about the academy products that Ajax have produced even recently. But then you could also take on a youth-only challenge starting out in lower leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. Clubs that might still have good facilities, but start in a lower division. You've got to gain the promotions. Or I think the most brutal way of playing the game, bar none, is to pick a club that's newly promoted to a bottom division and try and do a youth-only save with them. And taking charge of a club that's newly promoted means that you've got to perhaps holiday through your first season, wait until the AI promotes some teams to the bottom playable division in that nation. And then rather than signing a squad, you rely on your youth intakes to try and take you to the big time. That is a tough way of playing the game. What you've done there, Lama is you've made the Dafus challenge even more difficult than it needs to be. Uh, the Dafus itself, which is the name, by the way, for holidaying through a season and taking charge of a newly promoted club, that's difficult by itself. Yeah. Hugely enjoyable, I must add. But then I know there is a whole strata of people out there that just say, right, I'm going to do the Dafus as a youth-only save. Brutally, brutally hard. Because mm, of course these teams are coming through, and you you don't know what teams coming through, and most of the time when they come through, their youth systems are not brilliant. And I'm doing a build a nation right now, and I'm four years in. My youth intake every year has just had e e e e e, and oh, that's oh, no, that oh, I'm, I'm getting I'm feel upset at this already. Lama, the idea of this is a save. It's tough. I mean, I've done a cheats version of this before. I did a, a youth-only save with a Norwegian club called Tromsdalen, yeah. um, who are from the, the Arctic city of Tromsø, and they actually shared the youth facilities with Tromsø, who are a, a top-division club. So they actually had reasonable intakes coming through. It was still really hard, and spoiler for anybody that watches YouTube, I did eventually get sacked. But it was incredibly challenging, even at that level. But my current club that I'm managing on Twitch in Sweden... Their training and youth facilities are one out of 20 in every category. The youth intakes are, quite frankly, offensive in their quality. To try and do a youth-only save with them, well, as a great man once said, that would not be one for the faint-hearted. No, and of course, remember, you can change your parameters as the save's going. Yeah. So, for example, you could set up your idea, which is what you've got now, uh, Lama, where you've got your 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 third, fourth division Swedish side, you could be going, oh, you know, I'm going to do youth only. You look at that youth intake and go, maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I might do, maybe I might do homegrown, which again is a, a very a similar intake on a youth only, 
where you're only buying players from that nation. So again, it's not it's not the region air, it's not youth only, but it's still it's another little individual twist on on it on these saves. Yeah, and the one thing I perhaps add to all of this entire conversation is whatever you're doing in your saves, it's got to be fun to play. Otherwise, you're not going to want to continue it. So, you know, whatever little restrictions or parameters you put on yourselves, they've got to be ones that give a little bit of challenge and complexity, but are still fun to play. And these things are, you know, there's so many variations you could play. You could do, I'll only sign players from the nation that I'm managing in, but maybe I allow myself a a 90s Serie A style three foreigners rule. So you can have your own Three tulips of Hullet, Rijkaard, and Van Basten playing in Iceland, for example. You know, there's so many different ways that you can do it, but that's the beauty of talking about save ideas. You know, you just think of so many different ways of playing the game that you're just itching to start a new save almost all of the time. Mm, and I think once you find that moment in a save, and I've said this a few times on the show, and I've certainly said it to people who've asked questions said, oh, I'm struggling to get into a save. I'm struggling to get into a save. Like, I personally always find the first season the hardest to get through because you don't know if you're going to be committing to this long-term. If your idea is build a nation or, you know, youth only, and you're a year and you're going, I'm starting, I think this is a bad idea, you can bail at any point. You can bail and start again. Nobody... Nobody needs to know. No, it doesn't even matter. You can go, you know what? No, I changed my mind. Don't like it, right? Like once I find that one time about three years into a save, four years into a save, I'm like, right, I'm invested in this now. I know I know what my universe looks like. I know the players that are in and around, players that I've had a look at. I, go, oh, I like the look of him. Like maybe in a couple of years, we might be able to get a player like that or we'll keep our, our eyes on him because he might be quite handy. Or you know what? Though, that team's starting to, do me uh they're starting to become my bogey side and you build these little rivalries and the narrative and the stories are a building that's when i get into it and i'm like right now i'm on board but i am aware that not every save grabs you from the moment you press continue to at the start of it it, it, it can be a tough process it can be, but you're, you're so right that sometimes it's those stories that emerge during your own save that make it so immersive. I remember I started a one-club save at Leamington Spa years and years ago, and it turned into a journeyman. And mm. what made it a great journeyman adventure for me, it was the first journeyman career I'd ever done, was the managerial rivalry I had with Paul Pogba, who followed me everywhere. <laughs> So when I went over to manage Napoli, he washed up at Inter Milan. And then when I went over to managing Greece on Crete, he was installed as the Panathinaikos boss. And that pesky Pogba, he was always one move ahead of me. And I kept wanting to play season after season just to finally beat Paul Pogba. It was a ridiculous notion, but it just made the save so much more immersive. These these storylines that, that that football manager generates for you they're just beautiful narrative it's a film we need to see though isn't it paul pogba versus llama <laughs> yeah yeah uh i'm not sure who would be playing me maybe danny devito <laughs> again i'd pay to see that absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but you mentioned there the journeyman and i guess we've sort of mentioned it before you know that the journeyman is or the journey person, I should probably say now, the journey person save is 
when I say when you know when you get sacked from a club or you start to think I'm getting a bit bored of this now, and you and you start to hover around that job center and you keep your eyes on there and you're like, oh, that that team there, they'd be quite interesting, actually. And when you start having a look over another side and you think, maybe, maybe, and that's the moment just where sometimes that can take you on a wonderful journey. And it can also take you to a dead end and you go, you know what? No, I'm getting out of there quickly as well. And I I am a big fan of a journey person, safe, a big fan, because it often takes you to clubs you never thought you'd manage. A hundred percent it does. And some people are a bit put off by journeymen because they just think they're so broad, you know, that when they set out on a save, they like to have an idea of the club that they might manage and they have visions of longevity with it. But you can set yourself parameters on a journeyman as well so that on the outset of that career, you've still got an idea of the clubs you might end up at by putting restrictions on it. Like perhaps you could do a journeyman career where you only manage clubs from islands Mm. Uh, so maybe in the Portuguese league, you know that you'd be managing perhaps a Santa Clara from the Azores or a Maritimo from um, from uh, the islands out there. Or maybe you could, you know, Spanish clubs like Ibiza or Las Palmas or, you know, Greek clubs from Crete. Great way of playing a journeyman. It's just put that little restriction of, of islands only or maybe even more extreme. Only clubs that are associated with railway workers. Talk to me about this one because I've seen this mentioned and you've got it on your list. And I was like, yeah, we need to chat about this one, actually. Talk to me about, about steel worker saves. Well, so, so, so Manchester United fans always tell me that, that, that Manchester United started out as a club founded by railway workers. And lots of clubs around South America, particularly Argentina, have all got links to the rail industry. There's a big club in Turkey. I can't remember. Maybe it was Altinordu that have also got links to the railways. Of course, any club that's got locomotive in the title is also a club founded by rail workers. And at one time I even went down a rabbit hole researching it. And there's a lot more clubs than you might think that are all got links to the railways. You could do a journeyman where you only take in those kind of clubs. Harrogate railway. Start there. Harrogate railway. I should apologize as well because I said steel saves, didn't I, at that point, rather than railway saves. And the reason I mentioned steel was I was trying to uh, pull up. I've got a sheet because, of course, we did the British Steel Challenge last year, which was try and win everything in in England, Scotland, Wales, North Ireland. Um, You can, of course, do that sort of challenge with other collections of nations. So, Of course. I mean, a South American steel save, trying to win every trophy in South America culminating, of course, in the Copa Libertadores, hopefully one day. That would be an epic adventure as well. That would be horrific because Brazilian Division 2 is an 80-game season. <laughs> what, what did we say, Tony? Not for the faint-hearted? <laughs> I know so many people have tried to go, Tony, you should do a Brazilian South America. Like, no, no, I can't. It would, it would, it would, I would probably have a breakdown if I tried to manage South America on stream. I reckon it would be easier for me to do MLS <laughs> than it would be. <laughs> Easy rules to understand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just play all the time. You know, the schedule is NBA essentially. Um, and yeah, so there's some great sort of like, uh, sort of, ways of putting the, the nations around i always recommend there's a nice easy one if you want and something that's a little bit s- familiar but different 
Um, I always say things like Scandinavia is just a nice gateway. Norway is really fun to manage. Sweden, of course, is really fun to manage. You could do the, the triple crown, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, try and win the top divisions there. It's a lovely little save because not only have you got some great teams to play against and it's fun to manage, all your good players are going to get picked off by the European top clubs very, very quickly. <laughs> So yeah, you've got a little bit of a rebuild to do there as well. And of course, also the uh, the transfer windows don't fully align either. So um, I remember many times flying high in Norway and only just thinking, summer transfer windows open and I'm only four games into my season. <laughs> so this is going to be going to be concerning. Um, but yeah, I think to be fair, I think that's some great ideas for for saves that people maybe haven't considered. Um just very quickly, of course, for Balance Llama, if there is any nice, simple, easy saves for people who may be completely brand new and go, just give me something easy. Like, what what would you recommend as a, as a proper good, easy, nice start for 10? PSG still not won a Champions League. There we go. Do it that way. There you go. Um, I should say as well, there are so, so, so many teams to pick from. And I'm going to plug a video of yours, Llama, that you probably won't do yourself. So I'm going to do it for you. Um if this has been interesting for you and you're thinking, I just need some more ideas, Llama and Zealand made a video where you recommended a save for every nation in Europe. Is that right? It was a little bit more Zealand and Llama than Llama and Zealand. But we've done two videos together, one where we did a save for every country in Europe and then we took on the world. So there you go. Never will you struggle for uh, a save idea because Lama's got your back and Zealand's there as well. Yeah. Um, right. Lama, where can we find you if, if people do want to find more of this information? Well, currently I'm in my house, but I'd be a bit disturbed if anybody found me here. Uh, in a virtual sense, you can find me on YouTube. Just type in FM Lama or Twitch streaming Wednesdays, sorry, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, one till three UK time, or on my second YouTube channel with my mate, The Manager's Seat. Mm, excellent stuff Lama it's always a pleasure thank you very very much for coming and talking to us and of course I'm sure we'll get you back on when we need some more refreshments some more save ideas um, as well so uh, basically if you've enjoyed that thank you very much of course leave some comments below let us know who you want to manage let us know if there's anything you want us to fill some blanks in maybe we haven't given you everything you need maybe you still go ah, I've still got some more questions well ask those questions leave them in the comments below or of course join the discord or hit us up on social media of course you can find us there which is at the fm show pod you can also fire, uh, send us an email the fm show pod at gmail.com and of course if you want some extra exclusive bonus content you can join our patreon patreon.com forward slash the fm show pod as well I think it's probably time we wrap this one up. That's been good fun. Lama, thank you so much for being part of the show. A pleasure, as always. Take care of yourselves, everyone. Stay safe, and we will see you next time for the next episode of The FM Show. Bye now. to learn even more about football manager subscribe to the patreon just visit patreon.com slash the fm show pod don't forget to rate and review and follow along on the socials at the fm show pod